Hello again and welcome to Crime and Music. I'm your host, Brian J. Kinsley, and with me as always, my friend Ben Rupert. What's going on, Brian? Today we have an amazing story. Go on a journey with me, if you will. Imagine you're a 50s rock and roller, slinging guitar, driving a peach Cadillac through the highways and byways of our great country. Thump, thump. You're jamming your tunes, you're playing with your bands, you're going from California to Texas to Illinois to Pennsylvania, thump, thump. Is that the heart of rock and roll in the trunk, thump, thump? Is that a girl you might have met somewhere in Mexico, thump, thump? Something's in the trunk, and we'll find out. It might be junk in the trunk, but today's episode, King of Rock and Roll, Chuck Berry. We'll get there. (laughs) I don't know a lot about Chuck Berry. I know one, kind of like one thing, two things. I, I know I know about the uh, Back to the Future little reference there. Hi, yup, yup, cousin Marvin, Marvin yeah. Barry. Yeah. That's all I know. I got that. It's a good one. Yeah. I mean, I don't think it's factual. I don't Probably I don't think not. Michael J. Fox is responsible for rock and roll as we know it. But the other one might have to do with a fart and a prostitute. Oh, we'll get there. Uh, if you like learning about crimes and music, murder mystery, music history, crime history... I don't even know. Crime stories. Or listen to dudes drink beer on the air. Every other Wednesday, we'll bring you a true crime podcast about people in and around the music business and their misadventures into law breaking. If you do us a slight little uh, solid favor, go to iTunes reviews. I know you got to sign in with your iTunes ID and stuff. But if you give us a five star review, share with friends, click like, you know, it would help us out. Help us and encourage us to do more of these. Yeah, and we'll send you virtual high fives. I got a bunch of those. Yeah. I've been that, saving up. Yeah, I got a bunch, too. So. I mean, I want to give them away, really. <laughs> if you want to contact us in any other ways, we're on all the social medias, Crime and Music. Uh, we even have our own website, crimeandmusic.com. You can email us, crimeandmusic at gmail.com. Um, find us on iTunes. We're now listed on Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn Radio. Get ready um, for the MySpace. Sure what he says all the time if you'd like to help that myspace along you can be a supporter by going to patreon.com slash crime and music and become a monthly supporter and that might help get ben the supplies he needs to sign on to myspace and to make the fan site that crime and music deserves myspace isn't free is it i i think think it costs like 100 bucks a month you're gonna have to look into that and find out i know i I can't just jump into getting on social media if there's any myspace experts out there who want to help ben contact us please let us know (laughs) we'll get it going all right let's start this thing off man what do we got well chuck Chuck Berry was born on October 18, 1926 in St. Louis, Missouri. Missouri, Charles Anderson Edward Berry, better known as Chuck Berry, to parents Martha and Henry. He was the fourth of six children. So his name was Charles. Charles Anderson Edward. Berry. Berry. All right. So it, his name is his name. Yeah, That's no. I like, that. I like that about some musicians. Oh, you don't want, like, you don't think people were born uh, Dr. Dre? I don't think Madonna <laughs> no, uh, oh man. Or maybe Kesha was. This is going to date us, but dude, did you see her at the VMAs with that Aretha Franklin tribute? No, I've been off of all media for about a week now. Probably yeah. for the best. Yeah. She kind of embarrassed herself. Her Aretha Franklin tribute was, don't forget about Madonna. By the way, I liked Aretha. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Madonna. Who? <laughs> the only artist I know that likes themselves more than Madonna is uh, uh, Ted Nugent. <laughs> Yeah, I see. What's with people from Detroit? I, We're not like that. I swear to God. Well, Michigan people aren't speak like that. Speak for yourself, Brian. Okay, well, 
nobody else can do me justice. <laughs> uh, all right. So, um, so we got Chuck Berry, born in St. Louis, um, St. Louis, Missouri, USA. It's a port city. It's built on the banks of the mighty Mississippi River. It's uh, one of only 41 U.S. cities classified as an independent city. It was St. Louis, Missouri then. Yes, yeah, St. Louis, It Missouri. wasn't East St. Louis. No, 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 no. And there's a little bit of that divide that comes in, too. So um, as of 2018, there's a population of 300,000 people in St. Louis. And as of April 2017, just to give people an idea, St. Louis has the highest murder rate per capita in the U.S., ranked number 13 most dangerous cities in the world. Um, and I have a disclaimer for you and I from the Flint, Detroit area. Flint, Detroit, Memphis, Oakland, they have higher overall crime slash violence than St. Louis, but there's less people. Per capita. So, per capita. Okay, well, yeah, St. Louis, again, I wonder if that, that – uh, there's okay, there's, so there's the Mississippi River that divides – kind of divides St. Louis in a way because there's St. Louis, St. Missouri Louis, on the west side of Illinois. The, on, on the Mississippi. Right. And then St. Louis, Illinois on the east side, and that would be right. like East St. Louis. Correct. Which is not the best St. Louis. No. I don't think they're taking all that into account. I think when you say St. Louis, you're talking St. Louis, Missouri for crimes and, I, and yeah, bad Yeah, the statistics things. they have is probably just the city as a whole. Yeah, there's not that many people so, on the other side, on the east side of the Mississippi St. Louis. It's a rough town, basically, is what we're saying. Well, downtown St. Louis is really cool and fun to walk around in and go down the arch. A couple of casino boats down there. I've nice. never been there. Oh, one of my favorite... Um, Steak places. It's not in business anymore. These are called Jake's Steaks. Jake's Steaks. Jake's Steaks. That makes sense. And it's one of the only high-end steak joints I've ever been to where they bring you a meal. There's no a la carte. When you order a steak, you're getting like a potato and some broccoli or something. Comes it with dessert. They had some great apple cobbler. And when you ordered a steak, you ordered it off a grid. And so on the left-hand side of the grid, it had different cuts of steak, like the New York Strip, the ribeye, the filet, the this, the you know porterhouse. And then at the top of the grid, it had it by weight. So then you would get the cut you wanted at the left-hand side, and then the weight across the top. Then you would bring those together on the grid. It'd show you the price. Oh, my God. <laughs> and so this place was like ordering from a menu on a, on a, at a butcher shop because it was a lot like a butcher shop. Then they just bring this big, huge pile of steak, and then you eat it. And then you're like looking at that broccoli like, get out of here. There's apple cobbler on the way. And then you'd go home and feel shame. Jake Steaks, everybody. St. Louis. still around. If Jake they are Steaks. still, maybe they moved. I don't know. They're not in the same building anymore. Anybody in St. Louis, find us Jake Steaks. All right. That'd be great. That sounds good as hell, man. Honestly. Chuck Berry. <laughs> Get back to Chuck Berry. Chuck Berry. Well, no, let's talk about other people from St. Louis. Um, there's a whole Wikipedia page called People from St. Louis. I'm going to hit some up here for you just because these are my highlights. Um, uh, the Bushes. The, the Bushes Beans people? No. The Anheuser Bushes. Oh, yeah, they got the big brewery all of thing them there. are from St. Adolphus Louis. and all those oh, people. Oh, dude, the first, the second, the third, the fourth. There's yeah. a ton of them. They got a great little brewery there you can take a nice tour of and get free beer at the end. St. Louis. St. Louis. Fredberry. Fred, Fredberry. Rerun. What's happening? Oh, really? Yeah. Not related to. Not related. No, okay. We are no relation. <laughs> uh, and then this is just for you, Mary Fran. Oh, Mary Fran. Boom. He nails it right. I, th- I didn't know if you were going to hesitate at all. I was oh, like, for Mary Fran. No, she's. Our, 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 rest in peace, Mary Fran. Now tell people who Mary Fran is. Let them Google it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're a mean one. <laughs> it's Mary Fran. You got to know who Mary Fran If you don't know who Mary Fran is, it's with two N's, okay? It was with two the very Yes. She expert. got big hair. She kind of looked like the cowardly lion a little bit. Content expert, Ben. 
Uh, okay, so the early years of Chuck Berry, his dad, Henry, was a carpenter and a deacon at the Antioch Baptist Church. Um, and his mother, Martha, was, she's a bit unusual. Martha. Did you see Batman versus Superman? There's a whole... No, I didn't. Why do you keep saying her name? Why? Why? See, no, there's a point, it. spoilers, there's a point where Batman's going to kill Superman because... That's how it works. Is this the Ben Affleck one? Yes. Yeah. You can and, go ahead uh, and tell me the story. He's about There's to he's about to kill Superman and like stab him with this big kryptonite spear that he has. And then Superman's having some weird visions. He's like, Martha. And then Batman's like, Why do you keep saying that name? And then Lois Lane pops in. It was his mother's name. And he's like, Well, that was my mother's name. Right. And then I they think... become best friends. <laughs> so they become best friends. If Chuck Berry is ever uh, assaulted by Superman or Batman, he can just say his mom's name, and he's got a free pass. So now Martha, uh, Martha Berry, was a bit unusual because in 1926, she was a college graduate. A, was she a, a, a woman bo- of color? A, she a black woman in 1926 who's a college graduate, and she was a school principal. Wow. Yeah. All right. I mean, so. that's no big deal today. That's, you know, that's par for the no, course. No, right. But, but back in the... A billion years ago, they were grandchildren of slaves, like oh. literally. Their grandparents were slaves. So in this family, there was a little bit of they were lifting themselves up by the bootstraps. Oh, for sure. They migrated from the rural south during World War One to get you know better employment and jobs and stuff like right. that. And that's how they ended up in St. Louis, gateway and, to the west. Yeah, man. So um, when Chuck was born, St. Louis was sharply segregated. I mean, he grew up in the north end of the city called the Ville. And that was like this little self-contained sort of middle-class black community. Like it was a big haven for black-owned businesses and institutions, you know, kind of like doing their thing. Dude, I know about the Ville. Come on. I'm sure you do. Yeah, um, deep in the streets. The Ville was so segregated. How segregated was it, Brian? <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting. Ah. <laughs> uh, I, I got nothing for that. I, t- <laughs> I searched and looked. That was like appropriate segregation jokes. And like, I'm like, I have to clear my browser history now. So we just. <laughs> so now you're looking at black jokes on the computer. Yeah, no. Nope. That's a high level, Brian. That's a high level, dude. Wasn't doing that. Uh, abort. Okay, you know about the Ville. So the Ville was so segregated. How segregated was it, Brian? The Ville was so segregated. All right. They were so frightened that their faces were whitened by fear of going near the great fire. That's true. Daddy told me that white people end up those feelings always walk around with dead inside. Yeah, yeah. I can see that happening a lot. Yeah, if you're going to well, be in a community a, like that, you well, might experience Yeah, I had a friend who had a kid that was about that age and saw a black person for the first time in church and said, like, hey, Grandma, why is that guy's face all dirty? Like, out loud. Everybody heard it. It was, you know. Oh, God. guy got they all knew each other really well and kids just like man that's just weird but that's how that's how the mouth of babes because what else yeah yeah well uh continuing on chuck berry took chuck berry's childhood uh he did carpentry for his dad and uh he did that for a while he learned photography from his uncle his uncle's name was harry davis he was a professional photographer and uh then he started singing in the church choir at the age of six at the antioch church at the church of the nazarene 
to Sumner High School, a prestigious private first all-male public school based in Kansas City. So he didn't come from rags of society. He wasn't some hard luck kid that, you know, dad was strung out, mom was trapped. You know, he came from a a very good, nice, middle-class family. Oh, really good middle-class family in Sumner. They still do good in that city. They were doing well, especially for way back in the, sounds like 20s or 30s. Military family from his photographer uncle to his mom and dad, college-educated mother. Driven people. A very, you know, well-to-do pastor slash carpenter father. At the school's annual talent show, Chuck sang the song uh, Confession of Blues by Jay McShane. Father always sang it with him. The father's friend played the guitar, so he was just singing to Jay McShane. That was in high school? That's in high school. And so the school administration wasn't so super happy because that song has a little crude content about it. You know, like an old blues song. It's kind of... That was the shock, the shock rap, right? That's true. Yeah, you got that. And then everybody else loved it. inspires Chuck to learn the guitar, and so he's in in around St. Louis, so he's studying with a jazz legend, Ira Phillips. I don't know him. I don't either. But he's apparently a legendary jazz guitarist. So at age 17, 1944, Barry and two of his friends decide to drop out of high school, and they're going to take an impromptu road trip to California. I did an impromptu road trip once when I lived in South Dakota. Did you drop out of high school? No. Then it's not that bad. Well... Bet that we would get to Wisconsin at some point. Really? We're going up to the UP. Yeah, we're gonna go to Wisconsin. I'm like, you're not going to Wisconsin. We're going to Wisconsin. Oh, I'm going to Wisconsin. And then the next thing you know, we are in South Dakota. Two more states over. You missed. Oh, you we went to Wisconsin. You overshot. We had some fast food trucks through Wisconsin. Well, these guys eventually make it to Kansas City, and then they find a gun, which is the old timer slash pistol. An abandoned uh, pistol in an abandoned parking garage. Abandoned pistol. Yeah. Somebody didn't want to love it anymore, and they couldn't provide a safe home for it, so they couldn't left it. bullets. Yeah. So uh, absolutely nothing bad happens from this point forward in their road trip. Are you serious? Hell no, dude. Oh, okay. So uh, <laughs> is they, they rob a bakery. Oh. Because they needed the dough. Don't feel too bad. It was a crummy place. <laughs> I'm on a roll. Okay. <laughs> okay, but no, they robbed a bakery. All right, they robbed a ba- they robbed a bakery yeah. with the found gun. So found do, gun. are they blaming it on the gun? It's not the gun's fault. Uh, well, I mean, if they wouldn't let us rob our own damn gun. Oh, who knows? I don't know. I'm not sure. But uh, they robbed a clothing store. That suited them better. I know how my daughter feels now that I'm saying the actual like Jim. <laughs> Sold. So uh, then finally, they they rob a barber shop. I got nothing. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna say it. Here we go, baby. <laughs> Cut it out. <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> all right. Uh, finally, they steal a gar. Uh, finally, they steal a car at gunpoint to Kansas City on vacation. Didn't they have a car? They did, but uh, they needed another one, so they started a robbing spree. They were picking up bunch of suitsies and baguettes. Yeah, and bags of hair. So well, who uh, robbed? I guess a, I guess a, a barbershop would have cash. Cash. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 
three of them received the maximum penalty of 10 years in jail, despite being minors and it being first time crimes. In 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 Missouri. Yes. Okay. Well, Kansas City. Yeah, Kansas Missouri. City, Missouri. Sorry, I was wrong. Which there is a Kansas City, Kansas, which is very much like the St. Louis area. I'm going back to see how far they made it because I don't remember if it was Kansas City, Kansas or Kansas City. Nope, they made it to Kansas City, Missouri. Yeah, well, Kansas City, Missouri is the east side. That's the Kansas City area. So, yeah, yeah, that's the fun one. That's the big one. A lot of people got fun there. They didn't get that far. I think they got a little farther before the fun started. Well, they might have done that. We don't know. So, uh, Barry served three years at the Intermediate Reformatory for Young Men just outside of Dickinson, Missouri. They really named these these children's buildings something else too they try to i mean i've noticed that through a few of our podcasts it's always like what the kids prisons well what's that mean oh it's a kid's prison kids prison for kids it's where we put our children yeah the bad the bad ones oh yo so i read an article sidebar this has nothing to do with anything but non sequitur here here high high five another high five to oh no this was in uh drink no i thought it was in florida no this was in mississippi mississippi or missouri 12-year-old yesterday uh, got in her mom's car in the in the trailer park, and the cops were, like, chasing the kid around the trailer park. Oh, the driving. Like, okay. Legit driving. Good. Grand ran over a cop. Yeah. Yep, ran over a cop. They had to shoot the kid's tires out, use tire strip. Oh. Finally got the kid, you know, calmed down. Yeah, I got, I got the kid calmed down and everything. I think that's a little extreme. Well, it depends. I don't know. There was some weird thing that happened there. Oh, anytime we mention the word Florida, like the Terms and Condition games, you should join us. Florida. Of course. Jeb's not still in charge, is he? No, I think they took (laughs) him for a while. They put some guys all in that ranch down there and kind of, they got him thrown out of it. That sounds like a prime time for Eastern Maine. Right, yeah. What's their number one, like, state we like to hang out in? What's number two? Missouri. Okay. We don't have a number one. Do we? Probably Michigan. Yeah, I would say. We make fun of Michigan. Oh, for sure. Equal opportunity. There's a lot to make fun of. Yeah, but there's a lot of great things, too. Everywhere, man. Everything in moderation. All right. That's my favorite. All right. Card number seven. Sixteen. Not that we need to share the economy with you. We don't. We started last week. (laughs) Oh, man. Uh, Chuck Berry's release on October 18th, 1947, his 21st birthday. Oh, he's getting out of jail on his 21st birthday. On the day? Yeah, on the day. Like, literally, on this day. Hey, it's your birthday. Here's a good present. You can go. And go get some booze. I don't think he can't get some booze. I don't think that happens. Uh, he returns to St. Louis, starts working for his dad's construction company. So he's a laborer. Yep. Then he works as a janitor at a Fisher Body Auto Plant down there. Oh, so he is in the automotive industry. Right. And uh, he trained as a beautician at Socorro College of Cosmetology. That's weird. <laughs> So, uh, 1948 rolls around. That's Chuck my Chuck Berry impersonation, by the way. Yes. <laughs> it sounds like Chuck Berry or Elvis. Chuck though. Berry and Elvis kind of blended. It's good. You'll have <laughs> plenty of time to practice, sir, because there's more coming up. <laughs> so, uh, he gets married in 1948 to Thelmetta Hattie Stubbs. And uh, eventually, hold on. Okay. Can, can you say that name again? Thelmetta Hattie Stubbs. Hattie. saw she was a hot toddy oh yeah that's a fun joke <laughs> aren't they all <laughs> what have i been doing here Thelmetta. Uh, yeah uh, 
Chuck and Thelma to get married, and according to everything I've read, they eventually had four children. They eventually. Every single time it said. Brian used air quotes, by the way. Eventually, <laughs> four children. Eventually. Eventually. <laughs> I eventually had three. Eh, eventually. Uh, he takes up the guitar again about 1951. So how, how old is he at this point? About 26, 51. So he's 55. Yeah, he's in his mid 20s. He's re- has has shown a lot of uh, interest in the um, industry. No, no, no. This is where we get taken up. His old high school friend asked him to join his band. So now that he's back in St. Louis, he's got married, he's got a couple kids. Uh, him and his buddies start playing shows in St. Louis. Yeah, he's got a job. He's making money. He's 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 in in class happy. Yeah, he's got yeah, some free go time. Those covers have sold huge. Well, those covers, Jimi Hendrix 
Rolling Stones are Beatles. bigger than yes, they're bigger than they originally were. Right. And Chuck Berry was doing that too. So Correct. Yeah. yeah. So and that's fine. I mean, it's exposure to an audience that hadn't heard it before. Yeah. And that's what makes it cool. And just because you do a cover doesn't mean you didn't put your own artistic impact into it. Right. Yeah. So going with that, 1956, Eolo over Beethoven, hits number two on the R and B chart. I love the Eolo version. Yeah. See, Zach. That's a great one. 1957, School Days hits number three on the pop charts. School Days, School Days. That's not the song that the kid was referring to. Audio for one. 1958, Sweet Little 16. Number two on the pop charts, number one on the R&B charts. 1958, June, I Should Be Good. Top top ten, tribute to Brian Johnson. And I always thought that that was more of Chuck Berry thing because he's the original, right? Yeah. It, okay. He he is the original John B. Goodman. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, always yeah. thought it was his, like his his wife, wasn't it? No, it's the story of uh, John B. Johnson, that guy from the piano guy who yeah. sort of found him. It's his story. He oh, wrote that okay. tribute to him. I kind of thought it was a bit of a, a, a Chuck Berry talking about himself sort of thing. Uh, I mean, maybe, maybe there's stories maybe between them. But uh, um, let's see. There's a couple other Browning the Handsome Man. Monkey Business. Okay, those are all. I, I haven't heard all of them, but I've heard a, I've heard a couple of them. Yeah, so yeah. But I bet you, if you start listening to them, you'd recognize a few of those songs. Oh, very cool. Yeah. So Chuck seemed to be able to speak to like the young white youth without alienating the young American fans. You know, he was, he a was able to. He was able to bridge the gap. Yeah. A lot of people didn't get that. So he even has a quote here where he says, "Quote." made records for people who would buy them <laughs> no color no ethnic no political i don't want that never did i like that i like I, I wish there was more of that sentiment in today's commercial economy is oh. that everybody had to, has to be a or b black or white or democrat or republican or whatever tribalism is huge right i now. don't like it you I have hate to pick all your camp stuff. and you have to go with it men and women husbands wives children as adults uh, you we, have we to get pitted against it yeah michael jordan i think i've quoted this on this radio show already before but he was asked one time about his uh no what it was a radio show oh keep going i'm sorry so he was asked about his preference of of political looked at that reporter and he just smiled and he shook his head he goes democrats and republicans both buy sneakers ah yeah. <laughs> why do you why would you get into that no right why would you do that there's so many places where you can get away with polarizing or so good on you chuck berry i don't think i'm gonna agree with everything you did in your life we'll get there <laughs> go ahead well june 2nd 1958 Chuck's driving his peach Cadillac <laughs> through St. Paul's, Missouri, <laughs> with a uh, with a brunette uh, Joan Mathis. I like how they just put her last name. Uh, they get a flat tire. What do you do? He gets out to change the flat tire. The state police come to help. They find nineteen hundred dollars in cash, a revolver, and Joan is only seventeen. So she she wasn't a punk or anything. No, she was oh. not a punk. She was out in trying to get the tire changed. I uh, well, maybe she was a little bit of a punk. Who was in the trunk? Nobody was in the a, <laughs> a couple cases of bush. It was on, I was on my way up to see U.S. Central. Oh, nice. 
flat tire and changing a flat tire and the cop pulls up behind me and I'm like freaking out because I'm underage oh. and he's like oh just get here and get your lights on and everything so I go and change the tire so the dude after I get the tire changed jumps the trunk and he's like can't do a blanket over or something and it was that little uh, little stick shift uh, skyhawk I had skyhawk on my car so I went and the cop drove away went to start my car because I had my headlights on wouldn't start battery dead had to be push start dead because then the express lane itself dipped and it was pulling sweeping and gets to a story about uh, a bluegrass musician, I'll tell you my best Bowling Green Steelers moment for the whole series. So Chuck's arrested for possession of a concealed weapon. The police tried to encourage Joan to say that Chuck had molested her, and she refused. Well, how old was he? He was in his mid-20s? 32 at that point. And she was how old? 17. Hey, you're old for that. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I'm not going to sit here and June 20th, uh, he received minor fines. He got just minor fines for that? Yeah, well, I mean, I guess if he was being nice and she wasn't pressing charges, I know it's wrong, but he got, you know, he got popped for the gun. And and he was a hit back then. I oh, mean, he was, he he was, was famous. Stuff, people knew about him. Oh, yeah. So uh, August 1959, in uh, Meridian, Mississippi, at the Army Barracks, Chuck Berry's playing a show, and, you know, his fans come up after the show and have a meeting and stuff like that. He let a young white woman kiss him on stage and held it just a little too long. And so all these young men who were in line waiting to kind of want to meet him and stuff sort of turned on him and they were like. Because he kissed a white chick? Because she kissed him and held it a little too long and he wasn't really over it. And so now, instead of wanting to meet him, he wanted to hurt him. So it was in 59. So 1959. Yeah. Meridian, Mississippi. So for all you kids out there, just understand. This is why people wanted to beat you up back then. Because you kiss a white chick. Oh, uh, I've had a couple guys want to beat me up just because I kissed a white chick. Not that I've always done that, but you know what I mean. <laughs> so I had a couple girls want to beat me up because I made Sarah. So uh, the local police come in to rescue Barry. Um, and they had to rescue him? Yeah, well, yeah, those people, the, he was surrounded. He was going to get lynched. lynched. I didn't want to say that. but No, that's, a, that's, that's an appropriate descriptor word. So, uh... The cops come in and rescue him. They keep the $700 they found on him as uh, a fine for disturbing the peace. Oh, oh, they pocket that? Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. Hey, Chuck, we got you. Take a couple hundred bucks on you. All those people you were disturbing that we saved you from, we're just going to keep that out of pocket. So he just ca- he's just got 700 bucks back there just sitting there in his pocket. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, walking around with it. That's why. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll get there. He likes his cash. Oh, he likes his cash. He likes cash. So Except for his IRS. We'll get there. Is there, right, is there really? <laughs> December 1st, <laughs> 1959. Uh, while in El Paso with the band, Chuck decides to take the guys to Juarez, Mexico to visit some strip clubs. That sounds safe. Yeah, nothing bad ever happened. Uh, he meets a nice young woman, Janice Escalante. Denver, and uh, I don't know who has this report, but Denver, it just seems to me to be very Catholic. Ooh. <laughs> Chuck claims no sex between the two of them. He's like, we did not have sex. And I call bullshit on that. Know, but Janice I says guess he got a lie back then, right? Janice says this, they had sex in four different states. So I don't know if that's like standing or sitting. <laughs> or <if laughs> that's where I was like going, yeah. Pretty much. Uh, Barry 
claimed she was going to work at his new St. Louis club, Club Bantam. He, he bought a club in St. Louis, and she was going to work doing coat checking in there, hat checking. Okay. So he tried to launch her as the Apache hostess for uh, Barry McCooker of Glasgow, whoever that is. Oh, that doesn't sound right. You can't, everything was a great delicacy. I was like, yeah, I was like, you really can't be. That's how he was launching her as the host. Like, come see the Apache hostess. At so, you know, they want Club the, uh, Bandstand. They want the Washington Redskins to change their name. They have that football team. It's all about overseas. It's like the big, you know, American football. American football. It's, um, you know, one of the major NFL teams or teams of the sport. Like rugby is taking it over. Yeah. And they want the Washington Redskins. Redskins being the name of the Native right. American. Yes. And people should and and take offense to that. I have the answer. We call them the Scooby-Doo. We still call them the Washington Redskins. We just changed their logo. Oh, where'd they get that from? <laughs> you see, that would solve a lot. <laughs> that would make everybody happy, right? Yeah. All right, Chuck Berry, 1959. He's got his Apache hostess. Yeah, no, uh, uh, she's the Apache hostess. And yeah. um, two weeks on to the gig, she didn't show up to work. Like, oh. when Chuck was out touring, she, you know, like, he was doing shows and gigs, she didn't show up. And what apparently happened? She's banging Chuck Berry? Yeah, she, she didn't really, she didn't seem interested in the job. So, um, okay. So they fired her. <laughs> they can't see what you're doing. <laughs> so, uh, they fi- he fires her, right? He gives her money, gives her a bus ticket home, and he drops her off at the bus station. Yeah, and he's like, I got the gentleman who needs me to do it. Sounds like a, a reasonable plan. There you go. Go back to Juarez. Janice doesn't want to leave. So she tries getting back into the club, and uh, Chuck locks her out. Denies her entry. Tells her, like, guys, like, guys, do not let her in here. So uh, Don't see the cops. She goes to the police. Um, okay. Why? Well, you see, uh, Janice is listed as a, quote, sometimes prostitute, uh, runaway, and she's 14. No fucking way. Accidentally, accidentally, uh, are mixed up with an underage girl. Nope. No, I mean just like by <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I'm just saying, I'm just saying but she looks old. I mean, she looks. Oh, you're, you're you know, fooled. and she's like you're, you're she's like 17 and not 18. Yeah. Okay. But at 14, I'm I'm just saying you should be able to figure that out at 14. Right. Now maybe Romeo there's an and Juliet laws is one thing, but when you're like in your mid 30s no. and she's 14. Well, I'm sure he didn't ask to see an ID down at Juarez on that first night they met. No, she's a sometimes prostitute, well, dude. 14. And she's an underage prostitute. That's that's probably a bad life. Sometimes prostitute. And she probably regretted not coming to work those days because she was probably it's a pretty sweet gig. Well, she I'm wor- I'm she working. got she got picked up as one report said she got picked up for prostitution and I think he wrote an article that he was like, paying her. Well, like how did you get here? Like you know, because I heard a story about it. She was just under the same age, dude. Well, December, <laughs> December 21st, 1959, Chuck Berry is arrested, charged with violating the Man Act. Two acts. You know what the Man Act is? I know what the Man Code is. It's real bad. It's not that. Um, the Man Act. Keep going. What else? Mayonnaise. What Sometimes do you steamroller. Christmas is coming. It's probably be coming out around Christmas. The 
listening to the Sound Computer episode, I think. All right, yeah. Hey, Barry, a punk from hell and a Jew from space. Oh, this is how it works. So the Mann Act, um, it's a 1910 law that was put in to combat prostitution and debauchery. They didn't want to be transporting young women across state lines to a sex work program. I don't think they want to be doing that right now. Well, I know, but they seldom enforce it. Um, the only other case was boxer Jack Johnson. Uh, he was prosecuted in 1913 for the Mann Act and now shut down and is considered. Oh, so it's been around for a while. Oh, geez. Yeah, it, it was kind of a way to pick and choose. One of those laws you pick and choose who who you uh, prosecute. Right. I don't know. The Mann Act. The Mann Act. It, so- it sounds like it should be the Mann Act. It should be the the Mann Act because you're taking young girls across state lines for the purposes of sex. Yeah, you should do that. Well, I'm clear on that point. I think the Sex Act was already. I don't think you should be doing anything taking women anywhere for purposes of making money or selling them as prostitutes. No, no, I don't. They just call it being a prostitute. Yeah, I don't think he was going to sell her as a prostitute. I don't think he knew. I just think he got caught up, like with young girls, which he seemed to have a predilection for. This one is just happened to be, she happened to be a little bit more street smart than he was probably figuring, and she got in trouble. So All right, so he's being, he's getting in trouble. Yeah, good luck to him. The Man Act, Juarez. Uh, Barry goes through three trials before this is settled. First time convicted, maximum five year sentence of a $5,000 fine, and the judge wouldn't allow bail. Oh, he couldn't get bail during trial? What? No, like the judge wouldn't allow it. The judge in this particular one, um, he was bringing racial tones into it. Like, he kept dropping sort of not full N-bombs, but kind of like shortened sort of N-bombs. What, what state was this in? Uh, in Missouri? Yes. So the judge was kind of being a dirtbag a little bit? Uh, the yeah, an old, the dude's skin. an old white guy. Yeah, and the jury was 12 oh, white oh, dudes. Oh, oh, oh. And so the Court of Abeal- Appeals overturned it and ordered a new trial. Oh, because of what the judge, some of his terminology during yeah, the case? Yeah, like constantly just referring to Barry in a derogatory way in this case. You people. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, pretty much. So May 31st, 1960, uh, Barry stands trial uh, for the flat tire date with Joan Mathis. Remember that? Yeah. Yeah, so, uh, quote, when the prosecutor asked Joan uh, if she was in love with Barry, and she was married to him at the time, uh, she replied, acquitted of all charges that uh, it's wrong it is wrong it's wrong because at that age young women are very much she was 17 mu- Joan was mu- you can manipulate them a little bit yeah and um just i don't you know anybody at that age can easily manipulate more than they are willing to have you manipulate them right right and uh it's wrong but there's a gray area not by law and i want the law to stay the law <laughs> But, I mean, that's not the worst thing Barry's done. Not yet. Not yet. So, uh, in the Escalante retrial, that's the 14-year-old from Mexico, Barry right. is again found guilty, even on the now, now they have a good judge and a good jury who's treated him, found guilty, sentenced to three years uh, prison and a $5,000 fine. And Barry never has admitted to any sexual improprieties. And he would go With so the Escalante f- girls? Yeah. He went so far as to say he's never done any jail time. And in reality, he served a year and a half yeah, in prison. For the armed robbery of the bakery and the hair place. So he, well, that was just, he, yeah, he's in denial about this. He okay. thinks he's a good guy. So 1963, he's released. 
He picks up, he picks right back up where he left off in music. <laughs> uh, he writes a bunch more songs. Nadine, um, Promised Land, Dear Dad, You Can Never Tell. The 60s and 70s came around, uh, and Chuck would sit in and do feature spots with groups, and he would ask for no less than $10,000 in cash per gig and no entree. Oh, so he was a getting to be a little bit of a prima donna there. A little bit. The 1972, My Jingling comes out, and that's like the biggest hit he ever he ever has. Which is sad. Sit back. very cheesy. Yeah, it was cheesy. So in the 70s, here's a fun story. Bruce Springsteen, the E Street Band, was backing up Chuck Berry, right? Like, that was his backing band. Tonight, Chuck Berry and Bruce Springsteen and the E Street Band. And so they're all there behind stage getting ready to go out and jam around and stuff. And they're just waiting and waiting and <laughs> waiting. Waiting for Chuck Berry. Waiting for Chuck Berry. All of a sudden, his car rolls up, peach Cadillac rolls up. Chuck drives himself. Gets out, has his guitar case by himself, walks up, stands next to the side of stage. Bruce Springsteen goes, and he just goes, Chuck, what songs are we playing tonight? And Chuck Berry goes, Chuck Berry song. And he <laughs> plugs his guitar in and walks out on stage. <laughs> there it is. That was it. So. <laughs> I'm like, oh, Chuck Berry song, man. What else did you do? Jeez. Great song. So, um. shouldn't do it. Oh, my God. There's a, oh, there's good reason. There's plenty there's of there's good reasons. You know what? But you should never do it. There's tons of reasons to punch anybody. Yes, you shouldn't do it. Him, and her, Jim, J, don't matter. Learn to use a U-scan at the grocery store. Oh, I'll punch you in the face right there. Jeez. You kidding me? But you don't. You don't. You don't. You just don't you just do it. Just don't. So, uh. Barry never addressed the assault matter. He 
did plead guilty to harassment charge and paid a $250 fine. Oh. No, no, he didn't. That's not assault. It never happened. <laughs> 
Caucasian flash bulb. Oh. Well, uh, just to give you an idea, one video showed a nude woman in a bathtub. Wow. Very urinated in her mouth. And then she asked Chuck to go, can I get a kiss? And Chuck says, quote, I can't kiss you, baby. You're too much pain. Just this big, huge, long, ripping fart. He goes, oh, it's so bad. So bad. I watched the video. It's just that is so bad. And that was a that was a that was a a, a great <laughs> Brian said his foul oh. against the mic cover. Absolutely. And he looks like somebody just hit him right in the face. So bad. And so then and then he's like, oh my fault, baby. And for years, years and years, that was a that was a an audio drop that he said, oh my fault. There's no baby, but you know Chuck Daigle was like, "Oh, you are you stealing my babies? You stealing my babies? <laughs> I stole my baby. You're taking my baby." Uh, oh, and then at the, the, did you want to keep going on the video? You can if you want. <laughs> I I was gonna turn well, into another story of there's there's a story so, of friends. So you know, in our diligent research, which is what I do, <laughs> it it goes it goes to another part of the video or another part. I don't know if it's at night or the girl or whatever, but they were performing sexual acts on each other where her nose might have been in the very first part of the video where his PA goes in his whiplash goes and her head like goes back like, like she whiplash. got whiplash and, and, and then he's like oh fuck but something and she keeps going oh bro dude just I mean this guy sang so many good songs Absolutely. songs that came up through your childhood he's yeah. been I ruined it for you. I hope so. <laughs> Johnny B. Bad. Good thing. Uh, Just listen to people who uh, did his covers. Dear God. Just wipe off the cobwebs from your face. <laughs> yeah, my Chuck Berry voice. Oh, my God. <laughs> hey. <laughs> All right. Yeah, let's get past this. Uh, so, uh, yeah, Chuck keeps playing uh, well into his 80s. So, January of 2000. did 17 shows in 18 days. Wow. That's pretty good. Yeah. So his last performance was on October 15th, 2014 at Blue Hill. Never know when I'm here. Yeah, that was a Richie Callahan shout out. Uh, so Blue Hill. He was and very active all of his entire life. Oh, for sure. He was electrifying, so to speak. He was very animated on stage. I mean, you've seen the the duck walk that he's yeah. famous for. And we talked about it earlier, but I'll share with the people. Does anyone know why he did the duck walk? Ooh, call me, Brian. No, call you're me not going to spoil it. You ruined it earlier when I asked you. I don't know. Um, apparently, the duck walk was developed so that he could shake the wrinkles out of airline suits when he went on stage. I guess that worked for the look on his screen and his expressions. He probably wore that suit driving his Pete Cadillac to the gig and get out. I mean, anything we could learn from the maestro is when he's getting ready for a show you gotta take your pants off and when he opens up for the gig keep that suit on too you gotta gotta keep the crease yeah so happy birthday March 18th 2017 Chuck Berry dies of natural causes at 91 years old he now through the story he didn't die of natural causes 
a couple times, like when the IRS busted him, they yeah. thought they were actually going to bust him for a cocaine ring. Like he was allegedly carrying like guitar cases full of coke. Yeah, he was black and fixed. That was like, yeah, yeah it's black. Yeah, it's never black. happened. <laughs> no, <laughs> like no. Never found any coke. Just found money and young un- underage women. His vice was underage women. That yeah. was his thing. So he got he he, he was a he was he was a star that got flipped he in ninety one. Now I did gloss over a lot. This guy was not a star, but a mega star. Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, Academy, Grammy, Man, anything you can think of, he did it. Well, he, he was did. he was responsible for rock and rock roll. and roll. He invented rock and roll as we know it now. Yeah, James Brown let him take the drum kit. No, no that's little, the guy no, taught little, him soul. Little Richard. Little Richard. Little Richard's like got him taking. That's he thinks he's the the godfather. I wonder of rock if we'll find anything on Little Richard. No, Chuck Berry was huge, and he is still huge. He's huge. Yeah, it's Hall of Fame. Oh my gosh, huge record. Incredible impact on music altogether. Yep. I mean, how many different covers are there of Chuck Berry songs? Here's and one the covers of covers. Covers now, of covers of covers. Surfing USA by the Beach Boys was so close to another Chuck Berry song that the Beach Boys had to give Chuck Berry writing credits for their songs and so he made money off of the beach boys i mean he was making money writing music you and i are not some awesome musicians but we've dabbled knowing just a little bit about rock and roll not all that exciting gc and d baby they're just pretty (laughs) close to one another you can play those three chords you can play anything you want oh my gosh yeah so you know that capo only 12 notes a man can play yeah and so a lot of sound was able to put that complex licks so they would say complex guitar licks with like bluesy influence but yet still relatable to people who didn't really like blue you know like he yeah. tied it all together so he did have one quote that i did like though as as much as chuck berry was not very much of a fan no i like the one what songs are you afraid of oh chuck berry songs. Fucking chuck berry songs chuck berry asshole. and then and then i just got a picture he's just like chuck berry songs <laughs> I can see Bruce Springsteen going, huh, okay. Okay. Whatever. Boys, we're playing Chuck Berry songs. Guess we're playing Chuck Berry tunes, fellas. All right, what was your quote here you like? Chuck Berry's quote that I actually did like is, quote, don't let the same dog bite you twice. Don't let the same dog bite you twice. I like that one. We are all very very guilty of that one. Well, the stupid asshole got popped for underage chicks, what, two, three, four times? Well, I guess he learned the hard way. That's where that quote comes from. history do an incognito window he must have had a mic (laughs) it was so loud well now he was a pioneer of making those movies and videos and tapes so he probably had the audio and the visual acuity to make a really good quality one and make sure you had the audio all the way up oh you better and and and, and folks it'll blow your hair back and nsf friendly uh not well it depends or not safe for anyone nsfa (laughs) but that's chuck berry rock and roll creator legend
It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. 